and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 85. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to be discussing the last two episodes of Next Gen's fourth season. That's In Theory and Redemption Part 1. Here we go. In Theory, Season 4, Episode 25, Production Number 199. Original air date, June 3, 1991. Directed by Patrick Stewart. Written by Joe Minoski and Ronald D. Moore. Music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Michelle Scarabelli as Jenna DeSora. Rosalind Chow as Keiko O'Brien. Kalmini as Miles O'Brien. Pamela Winslow as Ensign McKnight. And Whoopi Goldberg as Guinan. <laughs> Ensign Jenna Del Sor, on the rebound after breaking up with her boyfriend, suddenly begins relating to her friend Data as something more than just a friend. After the young woman kisses him passionately on the lips, the confused android asks his friends for advice on what to do and decides to pursue the relationship. What were you just thinking? In that particular moment, I was reconfiguring the warp field parameters analyzing the collected works of Charles Dickens, calculating the maximum pressure I could safely apply to your lips, considering a new food supplement for Spot. I'm glad I was in there somewhere. In theory. In theory, I, re- I really like this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny, because I remember liking it a lot more, and I still really enjoy it. Um, but like the whole B story is, it just feels like an odd distraction. It's not terribly yeah. interesting. You know, there's yet another thing and we've got a pilot out of it. And I hate to start off talking this way, but I'm doing it. So there you go. Um, it, we, I, we have to get out of it. There's nothing special at all about the B story. You know, it feels like they're just forcing something in there so that there's something besides the data relationship story. Uh, and it, of course it has to be, you know, life threatening to the ship and then Picard, like, it's my ship. I've got to pilot the shuttle. I'm like, what? Why? I, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. You know, why does Picard have to do it? So I don't know. So it's like every time it cuts away from the data relationship thing, which is the, which is the story of this show, uh, it just feels like forced and odd and doesn't make sense to me, and I don't care about it. And I, but the A stuff is great. So aside from the make the fact that it it weakens the whole the B story weakens the whole episode, and I wish it had just been the A story. Um, I like the A story stuff. I think it's I think it's pretty cool. I love that it's like, you know, data with his relationship. It's almost like, um, like it's 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 spelled out for you very clearly and immediately, and that's where it goes. And even though it goes exactly where you expect it to go, it's it's entertaining and worthwhile uh, to to get there. And so what I'm talking about there is, um, it's very clear that like this woman, she has some. I don't know, confidence or security, like security issues, you know. Um, so, but she's she's kind of latching on to Data, who in a way is yet another man that has the same problems for her that every other relationship she has had, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all know Data's an android, you know, he's not, he's never going to have these emotions, and it, and it, it takes the episode uh, for her to kind of figure that out. And I I really like that there's nothing... They don't go over the top. We always have this idea of is data more than some of his parts somehow, you know? Um, and I always want them to straddle the fence. And here they do it. And at the very end of the episode, he's just like, are, are we no longer a couple? She says, no, we're not. Then I will delete the appropriate program or something. And that's it, you know? 
so it's it's odd that I I like it for for being what it is, but I do I re I respect that it's it's so true to itself and it's so true to data. Uh, here I am, and so I'm definitely monopolizing this one. Um, what do you guys think of this one? Do you have this? First of all, do you have the same like weirdness about the B story? Does it feel like the B story is cutting away from the A in a bad way uh, to you guys, or am I alone in that? Or yeah, I I agree with that. I think that they probably um, were afraid to either not have a B story or not have a B story that has some kind of techie space angle when they're doing something primarily relationship like this. But um, but yeah, I think it's just yeah you said it's a distraction. It has nothing to do with anything. It has nothing to do with the A story. It, to me, it took me quite some time to recall the B story. You know, as we were going, and then they're 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 doing their stuff, and all this is going on. And it's like, oh yeah, it's that crazy one where the chick falls halfway through the deck. You know, that's what I remembered. And um, yeah, it, has, it just has nothing to do with data. I mean, yeah, I think it would have been better if they had to have something else to be going on now and then. Maybe some other thing, like let's cut to something with the O'Briens because they're in a relationship, or you know, they, I don't know what, but. Um, yeah, I agree with that, and and, and uh, yeah, I do like the A story a lot. I like what they're, uh, what what they're trying to say, and you know, it's. Uh, I mean, we'll get into that in a little bit, but it's it's fascinating, you know, what we don't we don't interact with androids here, but we do have relationships, and we have relationship issues, and there's a lot to say about that. So I like this. Um, I would agree and disagree with the B story. I don't think I enjoy B stories that have to do with science and mm -hmm. exploration. I don't think they did. I would agree with you guys that they didn't really do enough with it and didn't really relate enough to the A story. But um, oftentimes, I mean, oftentimes it doesn't, to me, it doesn't need to relate to the A story because if you think about it, when you're doing everyday life stuff, it doesn't necessarily relate to what you're doing in your personal life. So it doesn't always need to interconnect altogether for me to enjoy the episode. It didn't bother me, obviously, as much as um, it bothered you two. Um, I think um, if they would have just been a little bit more precise in what they were doing with the B story, I think it would have been a lot better. But um, I enjoy the science aspects of the show, and generally those fall in line with the B story. Um, but I agree, it was kind of a little flaky um, at times. And yes, Picard at the end, I have to fly my ship. It reminded me of... Um, the episode when they were trapped in the asteroid field and Picard had to, um, I think he had mm -hmm. to do something similar at, at that point. Um, so um, I enjoyed, um, you know, the data stuff. Um, it's, it's it, you know, I think um, Guinan said it best, you know, you will, um, you know, when he said, I'm capable of loving, of loving and she I mean, rightly said, well, then your um, experience will be very unique. So um, I, I enjoyed it enjoyed the episode just as much as I did when I saw it um, earlier on when it came out. Well, certainly it has some of the the best humor yeah. in the, <laughs> yeah. the entire series. Right. Yeah. That scene where <laughs> where is you know, trying to be all charming um, <laughs> makes her a drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speak, it, it just makes you laugh. And then, of course, the funniest bit is whenever he initiates the argument. <laughs> Perhaps it is you. <laughs> um, I like that he speaks like with um, contractions every when he's doing those those voices. But then as soon as he comes out of it, she's like, he says like, "You're not my mother." She says, "What?" what? And he goes, "You're not my mother." You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I like the writing in that in those sections. But, but I guess. 
part of it, you know, when we're done talking about redemption later today on this podcast, we're going to just have a quick little recap of season four and some of the highlights. And I, and I was looking back over the list, you know, and like, like data's day, data's day is certainly in my top three or maybe two from the season. Um, uh, and that's an episode that does have a B story, but it it only adds to the A. But it, I'm, I'm making the comparison to Data's Day because that is a purely Data story, right? Just like in theory. Um, and never when you cut to like the Romulan stuff in Data's Day does it feel like like it's another episode or something. Yeah, It adds to what the episode's going on. Um, and I think it's fair to compare to in theory because in theory... The A stuff is just as strong. The writing is just as good, and Spiner is always amazing. But I think, I think in theory, it could have been a great episode, and instead, it was just a good episode. And I think that's probably the main reason for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Like I can quote lines from this episode, but Data's Day is, I, you know. I can tell you the B story. <laughs> I, you know, I yeah, can. Yeah. I remember the whole episode, and here I just remember a couple of scenes, and that's probably going to continue to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Um, I like that. She's really coming on to him in several scenes, but he doesn't. He still doesn't. He does not get it. Until she, she has to, actually has to kiss him before he, before he realizes, oh, you know. <laughs> what were you going to say, Caesar? Well, I was going to say, that's probably the first time that anybody's ever really come on to him, you know, and it was really, if you, you had to think if, if Dave, I, would, would you think Dave would actually pursue a relationship? So, I mean, I guess they would have had to write, I mean, I guess that conversation took place when they were writing this episode. How would, um, how would, uh, a relationship occur with data and the two times that we've seen it in this episode and um also with um with yar it was it, you know the woman had to be you know the um what's the word i'm looking for the the dominant one the one who who, well, who made the moves mm-hmm. made the moves just because data is innocent in in these things and um, well, i like go ahead i like very much that he um then he goes around to like every, you know, he goes to Guinan, mm-hmm. then Jordy, then Troy, then Worf, then Riker, and then even Picard. And of course, by then Picard's heard about it, and I like his little reaction. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I really like that he goes around and asks all his friends. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's just it's another little reminder of the family that these these people, these characters, have become. Um, I like the scene where, you know, that first initial scene when he goes in there and he's talking to her and she's like, hey, did you tell the whole ship? And he explains to her, he's like, well, I had to do this because I needed the input, you know, and I I like the explanation from an Android point of view. He's like, I needed all of this information to kind of build a program so mm-hmm. I could be in a relationship with you. And if you think about it, that's kind of, it's not that dissimilar from what you know, normal human beings do. I don't think we would call it putting together a program, but definitely when you get into a relationship, you're thinking about how to do it and how to put it together. So um, I like that explanation that they gave they gave mm-hmm. him to give to her. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my favorite moment in this entire episode. And it's the, it's the moment that's that I've remembered the best and, and stuck with me um, is... When she's starting, and 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 by the way, especially as I've got older, like maybe when this episode first aired, it wasn't the case, but you know, 
by now I've been in enough relationships um, that I can much more clearly like see the, the arc. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you can tell. You can tell, even though it. You, you can tell before the scene where she dumps him that she's going to be dumping him. You yeah. know, right. um, so in that scene. Um, uh, she kisses the scene where she kisses him and says, "Now what were you thinking?" And he says, "In that particular moment, I was." And he names all the things that his brain was, his positronic brain was doing at that same time. But then in the list is calculating the pressure, the right amount of pressure, she lips, which I suppose, as a side note, means, <laughs> you know, he would be capable of too much. Maybe he can like crush somebody with a curse. It's a good thing he's thinking about it. But anyway. Um, so he says all that, and then she she just says, you know, I'm glad I was in there somewhere. Um, there's something so um, poignant and melancholy about that mm-hmm. that whole bit. Um, and honestly, even though yeah, we aren't capable of running all of those programs simultaneously in our brains the way data is, you know, I think we've all been there. Yeah. We've yeah. all been in that kind of situation. Yeah, you know. Yeah. The data's problem is he's a little bit too honest at times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gives a little too much information. He's guilty of that. Well, sometimes it's just even even for us normal humans, it's it's um admitting that talking about these things makes you realize, for example, oh, I maybe this isn't what I thought it was or um she doesn't mean to me what I thought she meant to me. I guess I should be more gender, uh, gender neutral there. You know, so it goes either way. But this person doesn't mean as much to me as I thought. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you can you can get there um, in unexpected ways um, because sometimes I think that we I don't know we kind of lie to ourselves too. Mm-hmm. You know, taking that to a, from another direction, like what what would be the eventual something Troy says to Data. You know about. I think you need to remember that there's another person involved here. So, like, what, what, what would, would have Data's eventual ideal been here? It's not like he's going to be. This it, it's a little bit like an experiment, right? He's not going to do this forever. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point would he stop, and what would happen? You know. Right. Um, so it's 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 an interesting question that we don't get a lot of answers for, but um, it's I was just insight into Data. Um, I was a little conflicted with the end. I know, I know, you said it kind of. I was wasn't sure if I liked it or not, and then I kind of started thinking about um, when Data, when when Yar died, and Data had that scene with um with I believe it was Picard or or was it Deanna? Anyway, where he was like, where he had a sense of loss. Well, I think that's a great comparison. And, um, and, great and, comparison. And, and, and in this one, he didn't have that, so he didn't. I'm, my own little. This is my own little personal theory. D- data does have feelings; they're just not the way we interpret them. And he, I've, we've seen him have a sense of loss before, and, that, and that's a good comparison there. And he didn't have it there. He didn't have those feelings, and that's true of anybody. Sometimes you get into a relationship, and you, you don't have the the deep feelings with every, within every single relationship. So I, I was a little bit conflicted. I didn't like it at first, but then I kind of realized, yeah, well, he didn't really like her. Like that. right. So. That's what makes it. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. So that's like, that's what proves it here is is that, um, she did not mean as much to him as Yar. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, I like it. I just um. The B story just really holds it back. It makes me, it makes me like, 
Like if I was getting ready to watch an episode and I felt like watching this one, I'd probably put it on Data's Day instead. <laughs> you know? Right. It's not was... that bad. No, no, it's not that bad, but it's the rest of it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just weird. They just should have um, spent more time with it. I, like I said, I, I, I enjoy the science stuff, but they didn't really do anything with the science stuff. You know, you have all this stuff going on, and it's, it starts off really good. You have the nebula, nebula exploding, and I, it, it's, uh, yeah, just, I, I agree and disagree. I wish they would have, could have done, made it a little bit more in depth and, and related a little bit more somehow. But yeah. Well, what's this episode about? First love. <laughs> I think I think it's it's kind of analyzing you know it's like the motivations and relationships you know and 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 how do you how do you judge what's real and what's not you know what is what is a real reason to be in a relationship what is real emotion um, and 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 what are and what about expectations and relationships and so forth like what does she for example in this episode what does she think is going to happen you know you know data you know his capabilities and for on data's side what what is your motivation? Why, why would you do this? You know, and for that matter, any people in a relationship, people have different motivations for doing it. It's not always, you know, happily ever after or not always superficial. And, uh, you know, people, you know, you, people grow, people change and so on. And I couldn't help but think I, you know, I watched this late last week and then this past weekend I was watching a movie marathon of best picture nominees and I saw her and I, I, I was thinking of some of these similar themes. I don't know if anyone of you have seen that, but the notions of two different kinds of life forms having a relationship. And we, while we don't have that in our, in our life, um, we do have people with different you know, pace, different motivations, and so on in relationships. And people grow and change. And, and it's, uh, in some respects, it's amazing anyone gets anywhere, you know, because oh. everybody's different. And, uh, I just think you know it's it's very complex, you know. But well, so you much have, of you know, finding happiness is figuring out the truth mm-hmm. uh, about what you need. You know, she doesn't. She says something near the end of this episode about you know, I thought the fact that you were so kind and attentive, some you know traits that my previous mm-hmm. uh, boyfriends did not have. I thought that you were so kind and attentive would be enough, but it is not. I need to be able to. You know, touch you in some way. Yeah, and I'm I'm never going to be able to do that. And now I understand that that is an important part of what I need out of a relationship. And you can't provide that, so that's why I have to end this. Um, but so much of it is is figuring this stuff out because you know she didn't know at the beginning of this episode, but she did by the end. Mm-hmm. I would like to also point out uh, that nothing we just talked about would could possibly in any way reference what the B story is about. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we're like, well, no, it's, it's about, see, there are these, these hidden barriers that you have to navigate around for a successful relationship. <laughs> we, we phase in and out as we come together. Right. <laughs> Ships that pass in the night. Uh, okay. Let's move on to six degrees for in theory. Adam, are you going first or second? I'll go first. This is Pamela Winslow's second of three appearances as Ensign McKnight. Her final will be in Next Gen's sixth season in the episode Face of the Enemy. In this episode, what species is the enemy? Repeat the question, I'm sorry. 
This is Pamela Winslow's second of three appearances as Ensign McKnight. Her final will be in Next Gen's sixth season in the episode Face of the Enemy. In this episode, what species is the enemy? In the title, you know, Face of the Enemy. Face of the Enemy. Um, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. Um, Romulan. You are correct. It was Romulan. That was the uh, Troy one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, the, my monitor decided to go to sleep right as somebody asked the question. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is the first time Patrick Stewart directs an episode of Next Gen. How many will he direct? I have multiple choice for you, and Adam will not get the redirect because you only got three choices. One, five, or ten? How many episodes of Next Gen does Patrick Stewart direct? This one is his first. Does he do... Is this it? One... Or does he do five, or does he do ten? Uh, gosh. He has often talked about what a wonderful experience directing these things were. Mm. Uh, In fact, I, I know. I think, so, I, so you just took away one choice there for him. You gave him a hint. Did I say? What did I say? <laughs> I said directing this episode because in the in the fan collective, the DVD fan collective, he actually selected in theory as his favorite episode, oh, which right, is right. probably bullcrap. But it's more like <laughs> he enjoyed directing so much yeah, that he yeah. picked this episode. You know, I know it's not many at all, and I'm gonna say one. No, it was five. <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't think he did that many even. So yeah, so this is yeah, this was his this was his first, but he's got four more. All right, moving on. Oh, so uh, Adam has one, Steve has none. Moving on. Redemption Part 1, Season 4, Episode 26, Production Number 200, Original Air Date, June 17th, 1991, Directed by Cliff Bowl, Written by Ronald D. Moore, Music Composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Robert O'Reilly as Galron, Tony Todd as Kern, Barbara March as Lursa, Gwyneth Walsh as Bator, Ben Slack as Catal, Nicholas Kipros as Movar, J.D. Cullum as Toral, Whoopi Goldberg as Guinan, and Tom Ormany as Klingon First Officer. The Enterprise travels to the Klingon Empire, where Ricard is to attend the installation of Galron, the new leader of the High Council. En route, the Enterprise is intercepted by a Klingon ship bearing Galron, who informs Picard that the Duras family is amassing a rebel faction and plotting civil war against the Empire. Duras, the slain challenger for leadership of the High Council, was responsible for Worf's discommination. A simple genetic scan will prove his bloodline is valid. The illegitimate son of Duras cannot rule the High Council. The Arbiter will consider his validity. Lenmont! Redemption. Um, Steve, kick us off for Redemption Part 1. Um, well, I've always found this to be a very like, cinematic episode. It's it's big. There are a lot of characters, and it's um, and it's fun because there are a lot of references to other episodes and you know canon and so forth. Um, you know, you you have the kind of standard template for a Klingon episode next gen. You know, Ronald D. Moore writes it. You have all the major characters like Galron and. Of course, Worf and the Dura sisters, and so on. So it's fun, and um, and then for me, the the uh, I remember still the um, the end of this episode. You know, the cliffhanger, and it's like, what's going on? You know, it, I remember that was one of the kind of kookiest things I ever from that. I just was like, whoa, stunned. You know, going into the 
the break, you know. So you thought? Did you think uh, Dorn might be leaving? Um, I don't remember thinking that. I just remembered what do they what do they got up their sleeves? How is this possible? Is this Yar? You know, but um, oh right, you mean the very very end? Yes, yes. Yeah, how nutty, incredible was that? So there was a couple episodes back. I think it was the, the Mind's Eye, the, the one where mm-hmm. the Manchurian Candidate thing with um, Jordy, right? Uh, where we had Sela Denise Crosby in the shadows. It was really just her voice, but. Mm-hmm. D- that was a tiny bit of a tip-off, maybe, but I don't think that was enough. Here, it was like, even before you see her, I think she says more or something. Yeah, but yeah. That it's actually her. Um, and you're like, what the what? Yeah. <laughs> this, by the way, would have been so ruined if they did it today. Yeah, but you <laughs> couldn't do it. Yeah, you, well, you couldn't do it because the internet would have broken it. Mm-hmm. They would have broken yeah. it because months before this happened, we would have heard Denise Crosby was coming back. You know, we would have heard that, and it, we, you wouldn't have had that sense that when she walks out at the end, you're like, holy crap. Yeah. You would not have had the holy crap, crap moment. No way. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. So that, that was pretty That was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess so this was originally considered, this, this, concept, this Klingon Civil War idea and stuff, this was originally going to be the season three and the season four cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The uh, best of both worlds, you know, the Borg stuff made that push pushed it back a year. Mm-hmm. Um, this is oddly though. This is one of those. I, mean, I told you there's a handful of episodes I've actually only seen once when it first first aired, and this is that. So this is only the second time I'd seen this. Hmm. Episode. Really? That's kind of yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I barely I I remembered I barely remembered it. I barely remembered it. Um, I think, and so it's interesting to me, like. Um, you know, twenty years later, having only seen it once, what what did I remember about it, mm-hmm. really specifically? And it was pretty much just that Sila moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then vaguely, you know, seeing Larsa and Batora, but that kind of gets mixed up since they come back so much. Um, Caesar, what are your first thoughts on this one? Um, I enjoyed it. It's a very good Klingon episode. I mean, you know, come on, who doesn't love a Politically intrigued um, Klingon episode. I mean, we get a lot of those in, in Next Generation. Um, you know, we get this is the first episode where we see the Duras sisters, and they're going to become such um, great villains throughout um, throughout the next uh, the rest of the Next Generation run, even into the movies. So um, they're they're amusing and devious evil all at the same time it's um it's hard to you you know i don't ever really hate i like the dura sisters they're not they're they're not evil they're evil but they're a good evil in a way it's Mm -hmm. that makes sense um yeah and it's nice it's it's just enough of a variation from our normal klingons to get these two klingon women you know you know yeah and it's i like a lot yeah, it's a variation, you know, and they're 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 female, so um, you get you get to see the the female side of the um, the Klingon um, Klingon Empire, Klingon race. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's kind of interesting. I think we can. I isn't it pretty much common knowledge? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, you know, is the Klingon Empire kind of represents um the the Soviet Union, right? Am, am I correct in that? It did I- certainly in the '60s and '80s and. I think Next Gen starts getting away from that a little bit, but even the original series movies, which this, the final one, mm-hmm. the sixth one, was going on at the same time as around the time of this episode. Even in that movie, it's very clear that it's that it's Soviet Union, but I'm not sure that the Next Gen is as much that. I don't know. That's just me. I don't know. 
don't know. I just thought it was so, you know, with everything that's going on in the world today, I'm like, oh, we're getting a nice Klingon episode. And you get to <laughs> old school. Um, but that's a little bit of a side note. Um, um, who is it? The Duras' son. He's kind of annoying. Um, mm, yeah. I think uh, he's supposed to be. Yeah. Supposed to be a little uh, brat kind of guy. Um, I enjoyed the. I, I think my favorite scene in this, there's a lot of great scenes in this whole episode. But I think my favorite scene is when um Picard goes to see the Duras sisters yeah, and um, same here. she's 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 kind of rubbing his head there. It's, it's <laughs> <hilarious>. <laughs> and then you know when he leaves, he's like excellent tea. <laughs> my favorite moment in that scene is is whenever she's offering him tea and she says tea. Earl Grey, perhaps? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's such a great little moment. He doesn't even really react, but it's such a great little thing. Like, well, I guess they have spies, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's a, it's a great little thing for her to say that, um, you know, if you're a Star Trek fan, you know what that means. Like, that, that, that she's telling him, we know way more about you than you realize. We know way more about your ship and the Federation than you know. And if you're not a Star Trek fan enough to realize that's what that line is, what then she's just offering him tea and that's funny too you yeah. know so it's it's a, one, a wonderful little line it, it's so good um my uh my wife pointed out my wife watches all the klingon episodes because she loves the klingons she pointed out something i'd never even i didn't see the first time i had to rewind and watch again but the way picard kind of looks almost rolling his eyes at one point <laughs> at one of the sisters he's kind of when he's kind of looking up at the one that's near him yeah. and it's pretty pretty funny of course he's Stuart's so good, um, but yeah, that's that's definitely my favorite scene in, in the episode as well, because you get the Duras sisters being really being the Duras sisters. Because when they're full on total, you know, it's when they're be trying to be faky nice that they're the best evil that they get. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that's definitely the best scene. So it's funny that it, you know, in ostensibly a Worf episode, my favorite scene is the Picard. Uh, Duras sisters scene. <laughs> yeah, I'd, uh, I'd agree. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, easy. Yeah. To miss. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say this is um, we, you know, we get a lot more Galron in this episode. I mean, we get to, you know. Yeah, he really comes into his own here. This is only his second appearance, I think. I believe so. Yeah, yeah but he really, mm-hmm. he really comes into. To his own, as far as his kind of place, he's not—he's not the guy on the side like he was before. From that, from here until forever, until he's dead, yeah. you know. This is the Galron we're gonna know. Yeah, he's like the leader Galron. You know, he's the guy that you don't mess with. Um, yeah. Um. So, a lot of good stuff in here. I, I love the moment when um, Galron's ship is under attack and Picard leaves he tells them to pilot the enterprise outside of you know it's such a like i think they i think they could have maybe should have made more of that moment mm-hmm. like i guess that might take away from it being a wharf episode or something but to me that was a, a pretty big deal it kind of takes some of the power away that it's not the climax or you know there's still several scenes after that but um i like that uh, I, I I enjoy. I'm glad that they did. You know, you have that whole scene in the um, observation lounge where Worf resigns, and um, I'm glad that they did a, a scene after that where Picard actually goes and and talks, and where they have kind of a resolution. It isn't like you know, okay, f you, f yeah. you. Um, yeah. I I'm glad that they had that scene, and I thought it was a, a you know, 
as much as I enjoyed the Duras uh, scene, I found that very entertaining. I thought that scene was more poignant to the characters in the episode um, and their relationship and, and how they respect one another. Well, it reminds me too, then, so you got that nice scene between Picard and Worf, and there's another you know, two-person scene with Worf that's so nice, and that's the Guinan scene, mm-hmm. um, where she does kind of her stereotypical role at this point, but I don't care, it's so good. So, you know, as far as she shows up for five minutes and helps somebody yeah. <laughs> figure out... She's know, the real counselor of the ship, almost. Yeah, yeah. Poor Troy, huh? Um, <laughs> but, you know... Um, it's easy to forget, too. This is the episode where Worf's family honor is restored. Um, Worf showing a little bit of almost... almost like political calculation in the way that he... Mm-hmm. Reserves Kern and um, his, you know, alliance of ships to serve that purpose. Um, you know, you know, keeping them in reserve until uh, uh, Garon needs them badly enough to say yes to the concept of restoring his family's honor. So uh, you know, so I guess what holds this episode back just a tiny bit for me is that it does feel just a little bit plotty, like. Mm-hmm. Like heavy on plot, like maybe a little bit too heavy on plot, mm-hmm. um, because you know we just mentioned like what sounds like probably our two favorite scenes, and they were both the character moments, you know the Picard um, uh, Duras sister scene, and then the Picard Wharf scene. Um, but so much of the episode is, well, you restore my family's on. No, I won't. Uh, and then he goes and sees Kern, and they have to they have a discussion, and then and then he sees Garon again. You know, it's 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 a little bit plot heavy, and I think I just wanted more. Um, you know, action or character stuff, or mm-hmm. not and less less exposition maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's a very minor comment. You know, it's a minor thing. That, I think we you know, get a little bit more. Is, in the next one, yeah. The, the fact is that this episode makes me want to watch the next episode Ooh. desperately, and that's mm-hmm. that's what it's supposed to do, right? So, as I the think, season floor cliffhanger, I think these, especially season-ending cliffhangers, um, are often this way. You know, these ones they have to build up to some big, huge crescendo, and you know, leave you hanging. I think they're often plot-driven and very not a whole lot of character development. I, I don't. It doesn't. It's just well, kind of the nature of the episode a little bit. Best of Both Worlds is almost the opposite. Like mm-hmm. everybody agrees, part one, the cliffhanger is way better than the second one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and this and the first one is the one building stuff up. But then the second one is a little bit plot-heavy in that they have to decide how to resolve all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I just went the opposite way with this one from yeah. last season. <laughs> What's this episode about? Well, I think the uh, title kind of sums up what the point of it is, I suppose. You know, I mean, the, you know, we've been waiting how long for him to get his honor back. And, oh, and I thought you meant for the Juras family to be restored and right. <laughs> their redemption. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he wants to, uh, you know, he, through all his work and his efforts and setting up and planning properly, you know, he, but at the same time, what we're left hanging with is this thing that's often, often an issue with Worf, and that is you can't serve two masters, you know, which is, it's really a common theme in, in Trek in general, you know, when you have, when you're part of two 
different cultures in some way, shape, or form, you're going to have these conflicts. And, you know, so once again, we see him struggle with that. And there you go. Mr. Caesar? Um, I, I'd agree. It's, um, it's, you know, we, you mentioned it before. It's very plot heavy. So you can, you know, you can almost pick five things that this episode's about. Um, it's very, um, it's to me, it's kind of a, um, it's an episode that, that, advances the arc of of the sort of star trek in general you know the klingons you know and the political so that to me that's more or less what this episode is in general is about i can you know delve into redemption of war if we can talk about him wanting to you know restore his family and kind of stand up for himself we you know there are a lot of different things to talk about but i mean to me it's more of a an episode that that pushes the arc of the whole show forward yeah, in that way, it's it. I always remembered it as being later, like it's this is more of a season five and six kind of in the way that they're they're really trying to do something story arc like for the series, mm-hmm. um, and less season three or four, right. you know. Um, and maybe part of that too is because we're going to get such a through line with Worf and. With this, you know, in DS9, of course. Um, and it's hard for me to divorce that entire storyline from the one in Next Gen. It's all Worf to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. But, you know, it's good. It's a good episode. Um, all right. Let's do Six Degrees for... Redemption Part 1. Adam has 1. Steve has 0. Uh, Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Gwyneth Walsh plays the Juras sister, Bator. Uh, in Next Gen's fourth season, she played the chief examiner of the Maori. Her culture had virtually eliminated crime. What member of Voyager's crew does she befriend? Hmm. I only vaguely remember this. How about... Tom Paris. No, sir. Mr. Caesar? Um, repeat the question. Gwyneth Walsh plays the Duras sister, Bator. In Next Gen's fourth season, she played the chief examiner of the Mari. Her culture had virtually eliminated crime. What member of Voyager's crew does she befriend? Mm, the doctor? No, it was Tuvok. Hmm. Remember, she, she was kind of like the sheriff, but she didn't really have much to do because they'd virtually eliminated crime. But they were telepathic, so I think it was Torres made one of them violent, and then they were all going to be violent, and now they had something to do. But anyway, mm, vaguely, yeah. they, they, they buddied up because they were both security people, her and Tuvok. Anyway. Uh, okay, Adam, in which season of DS9 do the Duras sisters appear? In which season of DS9? Um... That would have to be season one, wouldn't it? You're correct, season one. Do nothing. Mr. Caesar takes it for the day. Uh, all right, very briefly, I just kind of wanted to go over season four. So um, I, I really like the uh, the extras on the Blu-rays for season four, you know, because they, they talk about a lot of the same stuff that I was thinking about with this season. You know, Ron Moore talks about even season even season three, they were still a little bit kind of the the odd stepchild, but then, you know, best of both worlds. 
that cliffhanger got them into season four, got everybody talking about them in a way that it brought like, and a lot of Star Trek fans that maybe weren't watching Star Trek or non-Star Trek people, a lot of people, new people started watching. And and season four was where they weren't looked down upon anymore so mm-hmm. much, you know, and they, mm-hmm. they really came into their own. And then um, Larry Nemechek talked a lot about how he thinks of season four as kind of the family season, you know, which you can really see that when you look back at the list. You've got family where you had a lot of familial relationships, um, uh, your brothers. Um, yeah, what was the episode where we saw like Tasha's um, sister? You know, there's a lot of stuff in this episode, and and I mean this season, and then and then just overall in this season, of course, people, you know, everyone coming coming together. And I think that's that that does when you look back on it, that does seem like what kind of what it was. Um, I was pretty amazed when we went back with season three. When I look back on it, like. Maybe it is the strongest season overall. There are so many really, you know, great things in season three. Uh, season four feels like more modern next gen, but it does have it has less amazing episodes, but it also has less flat out bad ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, so I guess I think my favorite episode. Looking at the list here, I think my favorite episode from the season would have to be uh, family, pretty much far and away. But Data's Day and probably the Drumhead would be the next couple um, that are both, like to me, like really, really, really good. And then you've got a lot of stuff, you know, like we saw we saw Wesley leave. That seems like so long ago, but that was this season. Um, you've got... Um, well, we just talked about, you know, in theory, nth degree is one that I keep going back to in my head. You know, the Barkley, mm-hmm. the Barkley thing. Um, you guys, if you just picked, if you picked one episode, your favorite from this season, what do you think that would be? I would, I would pick Family. Also, um, probably the the set of you mentioned would be pretty much the top of my list as well. I'm kind of looking over it, and I, uh, I concur with that. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, yeah, obviously. When you think back about the season, you know, it seems like it's like a stable season, you know, yeah. it's like not a lot, there's not a lot of highs and lows mm-hmm. in the season, you know, I, mean, I was just kind of thinking about it, it was like, there are a lot of great episodes, but it's not like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I could pick out, I mean, I think Day to Day, I think I had in my top 10 um, when we did that list a few mm-hmm. years back, Um but I think we I think we could agree if we all went back and listened to this podcast, I don't think we would all sit down and be like, Oh, we were so blown away by this episode. But at the same time there wasn't a particular episode where we're just like, Oh my god, I don't ever want to well, maybe for me there was one episode I would never want to watch again. But there wasn't one <laughs> there wasn't like there wasn't a lot of those when we were talking when we remember in season one we're like, Oh, it's gonna get better eventually. <laughs> so so, um, <laughs> So um, I think this is probably I would probably have to say this is the most the, this, the most solid season so far. Um, even though there's a lot of great episodes in season three that we don't agree about, um, but I think overall this is as solid a season as they put together. And um, yeah, they 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 basically they earn their respect in this season. Yeah, I would think their place. Yeah. So um, pretty solid, yeah, consistent season. Um, I'm pretty excited to get into season five just because I remembered that as being my my favorite, and it definitely has a couple of my all-time favorite episodes. You know, Dharma, mm-hmm. Light, both those come to mind. Um, 
Yeah, I've seen those. I've watched those so many times, I probably have them memorized. <laughs> but I'm, I haven't watched them in HD, so that's going to be cool. Um, so, anyway, we're, uh, we're more than halfway through next gen. <laughs> yep, yep. By my calculations, we should figure finish it out before the calendar year is over. Hmm. You know? So, excited to watch... Um, I really, really am excited to watch Darmok in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. That's going to be great. Yeah, what else is there? If we're doing, we're going to do the next three. That's going to be Redemption Part Two, Darmok, and Ensign Rose. That'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, uh, three good ones. Yeah, looking forward to season five. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, as always, it's been a blast, and uh, let's do it again with a whole other season. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, let's see. You can follow us on Twitter. That's at Trek Companion. Uh, and Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash trekcompanion. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Um, thanks again for listening, and until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.